0: You are listening to Message Rewind from Discovery Church. Happy Sunday, everybody. Hey, welcome everyone that's joining us online. Can we welcome our online community this morning? We're glad that you're here with us. I'm more glad that you're in ha- in the house, but I mean, that is neither here nor there. Um, it's funny. So, uh, like, this... this uh, this whole like pandemic has got everyone on edge, right? Especially when there's coughing or sneezing, and and so <laughs> mm, I'll drink to that. And uh, it, it's funny because I can I can sometimes see facial expressions whenever there's someone that coughs or <laughs> you're like <laughs> right, and so um, we're just gonna believe it's allergies <laughs> and uh, that that they're coughing, that they're <laughs> that sneezing. So uh, so praise God. I'm just I I say that just because like they. They say that uh, coughing is the new passing gas. So, um, <laughs> so uh, yeah. Anyways, that is not in my notes, but I'm going to get to my notes because I'm, I'm already jumping off track. So we are uh, on our second week of our series, uh, the Acts of the Apostles, and we're going through uh, maybe like 50, 60 percent of the book of Acts. And so last week we, we looked at Acts chapter one. This week we're going to look at Acts chapter 2. But here's kind of the foundation of the book of Acts. It's found in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. It says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witness, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And that is really the layout of the book of Acts. As, as we go through the book of Acts, they move, uh, they become witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then Rome, which is the end of the earth to them. And, and, and so today is a, is a big day because it's uh, Acts chapter 2, and, and it's kind of a big deal, um, and, and we'll jump into that. So I'm going to pray so that I stop mumbling, and then we're just going to jump in. So let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for today. God, I thank you. Uh, it feels so good to be in the house, God. It feels so good to be with friends and family. Yeah. God, it feels so good uh, to be able— to, to worship you freely, God. And and so, God, we're so grateful for, for technology that allowed to sustain us for the past year. But, God, we, we know for a fact there is nothing like being together under one roof uh, with one desire of, 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 of pursuing you and, and, and searching after you. And so we thank you for that, God. And so I pray right now, Father, that within the next hour and a half that I talk, God, that you would... I'm just kidding, that, that for the next moments that, I'm, that, that I'm, I share, God, that you would just, uh, you would speak through me. God, uh, nobody here has an hour to waste. And so right now, Holy Spirit, would you just speak to our hearts? We want to leave here changed, not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. The world needs a light. The world needs the church. And we thank you that you've called us to be that church. And so we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Um, guys, have you realized how texting is so convenient? Yeah. How, how many texters are we? Like, I know some people, like a couple people. Okay, like, I'm a big texter. I would rather text than talk. And it's not that I don't love you more. It's just that it's more convenient to just text. And, and so, like, I love texting, but there's one problem with texting and it's this, the response rate, right? Like, think about it. We all have somebody in our contact list who, who and hopefully it's not me to you, but if it is, my bad, that, that you text and you, and you wait. And you wait. And you're like, they're going to wait. And if you're an iPhone user, which if you're not, why? Like, why not? Um, There's a little feature on the iPhone that whenever uh, you receive a text message, it has those three bubbles, and you're like, "Oh, they got it, cool," and you just wait there like a sucker. It'll come, don't worry, it's chill. It's no, it's cool. It's (laughs) like this hope that we have with the three bubbles, and then they disappear, and you're like, "Oh, here, it's coming right now." Where'd it go <laughs> like, and, and and so like it, it's just it, it's hard right like this response of waiting for a response, and so the other day I was getting food for uh, for someone, and I was driving and I was going to meet some people and i'm i'm like hey I'm, I'm going to pick up some food for myself, I should see if they want anything, so I text them i 'm like hey i'm going to go to uh amy's drive through kitchen <laughs> and uh <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know that's a lie. Um, and and so so I'm like I'm I'm gonna get something to eat. If you guys want anything, let me know. And I'm texting this right. And so I, I pull into the drive-through of said Amy's, and uh, there's like three, four cars in front of me. And so I'm just waiting for a response. Then there's all of a sudden three cars in front of me, and I'm still waiting for the response. And I'm like, come on, like they better. Now you might be thinking, John, just call them at this moment, right? But all of a sudden, like this is probably just me. This is not you. But there's a stubbornness that happens, right? Like, I'm not gonna call them. That'll make it easy for them. They need to, right? Like that's, anyways. We'll pray for me afterwards. And so, so three cars go away. Then two cars go away, and I'm like, "Where is this? Come on, come on!" Like, I'm waiting patiently, not patiently, but I'm waiting. Two cars. One car. And God is my witness. As I pull up, I'm like, well, they're just not going to get anything. Like, they text me. And I was like, ah, oh, right? Like, part of me didn't want to get them anything because I was stressing out. But, um, but like, I, like, there is this sense of like I was frustrated, but at the same time, I was like, finally. I, I finally, you responded back. Like, I waited forever. Finally, you responded. And I'll tell you this because this is really what we're going to jump into in Acts chapter two, because the disciples remember when Jesus was ascending into heaven, He said, "Don't leave Jerusalem." He said, "Wait in Jerusalem." And so I send the Holy Spirit. And so we know that it was between eight to 10 days from the time Jesus ascended till the Holy Spirit came, that these guys had to wait. And they were just waiting there in the drive-thru line, waiting for that text, (laughs) waiting for the Holy Spirit. Like, where is this guy? And so that's what we're going to read in Acts chapter 2. Finally, something happens. Finally, they received what they were waiting for. And so we're going to jump into this. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. It's going to be on the screen. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of tongues or flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. And so verse 1 through 4 is very significant because it's finally what what they were waiting for, what Jesus had said, "Hey, wait for, finally, arrive." And they're in this upper room, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit is like, Poof. and we see the Holy Spirit manifest itself three ways through like a loud roaring windstorm. And then all of a sudden, we—it's uh, Luke writes that that what looked like. Tongues or flaming uh, flames popped on the top of each of their heads. Right, so like now, now they don't just hear something, but they also they now see something tangible. And then Luke writes that they didn't just hear something, they didn't just see something, but they begin to speak differently in different languages. Now, this is very interesting to me because. Because before they could ever uh, fulfill their mission, and their mission was to go throughout Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, proclaiming the gospel, the good news of Jesus. That was their mission. But before they could ever fulfill their mission, they had to encounter someone, they had to encounter something that would shake their reality. They had to encounter, experience someone that would radically change their perspective of possibility they, they had to they had to experience something that would radically change what they thought was able was possible change something that would radically change their reality and I think this is an important thing to notice because in order for, for me to step into the calling that God has placed over my life. Like I need something that that, that shifts and changes my perspective of possibility. Yeah. Like I need, I need to encounter someone that is able to stretch me beyond what I thought was possible. Yeah. Yeah. Before I can ever step into my calling, what, what the calling that God has placed over my life, I have to encounter something that would change the way I see things, that would change the way that I heard things, that would change the way that I speak about things. See, because if I go into my calling uh, with with my own perceived possibilities, guess what? I get overwhelmed. I become stressed out. I become a little I become a little anxious because you were never created to fulfill your purpose based off of your human idea of possibility. And so so we have to encounter someone greater than where we're at. And Jesus knew this. And so Jesus is telling his disciples, hey, don't go anywhere. And so you can, and so I can radically change your reality. Come on, some of us, we need a radical change of reality. Like we, 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 Jesus is like, don't go anywhere until your perspective of possibility is changed. And here they are, the disciples in the upper room, and Jesus sends the Holy Spirit. He sends the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes and it changes everything about these disciples. It changes what they thought was possible. Come on, that's what we need. We need something, someone that would challenge what we think is is normal. We, we, We need to encounter someone that would challenge what we think is impossible. So here's the Holy Spirit. He comes as a mighty windstorm, tongues of fire. Uh, They begin to speak in different languages. And what I want you to notice is that as soon as the Holy Spirit encounters them, opposition happens. Like if you keep reading in Acts chapter 2, here they are. Like they begin to speak in in different languages. Like and, and all of a sudden there's people on the outside of the building and they hear, like, this noise that's happening, and, and they're like, what's going on? In fact, you keep reading it, they're like, what are you, drunk? There's a bunch of drunk people up there, babbling along, and what are they doing? You don't believe me? Read the text, Acts chapter 2. The moment that they encounter the Holy Spirit, the moment opposition happens. And I don't think that's by accident. I mean, just think about this, think about this. Like how 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 strategic it is, the fact that what that once they encountered the Holy Spirit, they would have people that would try to bring them down. Right. Yeah. Come on, if I was your enemy, mm-hmm. I would do everything in my power to prevent you from leveling up. Like if I was your enemy, I would do everything possible to keep you with a finite, limited perspective of possibility. I would do everything I possibly could in my power. In fact, we actually see that sometimes like in your own life, right? Like this idea that um, so I grew up in church my whole life. Like I feel like I was born in the church and and I always remember, like, the, the, the preacher man always selling Christianity as, like, give your life to Jesus, nothing will go wrong. <laughs> the only problem with that is that, <laughs> come on, when you encounter something great, opposition happens. And, and so, 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 like, some of us, like, you can relate to this idea of, of encountering the Holy Spirit and then all of a sudden opposition happens. See, because some of you, you hear Janice talking about, thank you for being a generous church. Y'all are generous. And you're like, I'm going to try this out. Okay. And then you try it out. You, 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 you give online, and then the day after, you get, the, you get a call from your boss. Hey, we're going to have to let you go. <laughs> what? Like, <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> it's nothing about you. You come here on a Sunday morning, you you listen to to me say, hey, God is for you. He loves you. He has great things for you. You get home Sunday uh, after church, you're driving home, and you get in a car accident. Listen, if I was your enemy, I would do everything I possibly can to keep you thinking to your human limited potential. And so here they are, the Holy Spirit encounters the disciples, and opposition happens. Opposition occurs. They they, they begin. Some people are are excited, but but a lot of people they're like, hey, this is like they're they're attacking them. And so this morning, what I want us to do as we as we read the rest of, of Acts chapter two. Um, I want to give you three, three reasons, or three things that take place, three things that take place when, uh, when we allow the Holy Spirit to fill us up. Three things that take place. Because here's the deal, here's the deal. If opposition happens when I encounter Jesus, when I encounter the Holy Spirit, if opposition happens, clearly that tells me that there's something about me encountering the Holy Spirit that the enemy doesn't want me to do. And so I want to give you three, three reasons or three things that, that, that take place when I encounter the Holy Spirit. Here, so here it is. Number one, the Holy Spirit brings boldness. The Holy Spirit brings boldness. Let's read this. Acts chapter 2 and verse 14. Then Peter stepped forward with the eleven other apostles and shouted to the crowd: listen carefully, all of you. Follow Jesus, or excuse me, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. (laughs) And so so here are these people, they're like, These guys are crazy, they're all drunks. And all like this large crowd and all of a sudden there's something inside of Peter that begins to stir up inside of him. There's something that that begins to take place inside of Peter where he's like, man, I just I can't let them just just attack me like that. I can't let them defile what God is doing in this moment. And so Peter, like there's a boldness that comes up inside of him and he goes, he addresses the crowd out to outside, and he's like, hey, we're not drunk, and then he gets a little snarky, because he's like, it's too early, it's only nine o'clock, and like this boldness came over Peter in the moment of opposition, come on, I need some boldness, to be able to stand up in moments of opposition. I, 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 need, I need boldness to, to, to help me. Here, I, I'll say it this way. Boldness makes way for breakthrough. Boldness makes way for breakthrough. Listen, if I'm going to live a life of breakthrough after, breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough, then I need to learn to embrace a lifestyle of boldness through the Holy Spirit. See, if I'm not willing to to step and tap into the boldness that the Holy Spirit gives me, guess what? I will never be able to break through the next layer, the next hardship that is placed in front of me. I need something greater inside of me to be able to go to the next level, to be able to keep pressing forward, to keep moving forward. I love what Peter says. He, he, he says, uh, he's like, they're not drunk. He's like, but in fact, the prophet Joel prophesied, told about this moment hundreds of years ago. God, like the prophet Joel said, in those days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And that, that prophecy, like it started there in, in the book of Acts, but it's still present today where, where, where God wants us to encounter the Holy Spirit so that we can live in boldness. You guys with me? Am I losing anyone? Any of my Baptist folk? You're like, what is happening? I came on the wrong day. No, we're good. Awesome. Number two. The Holy Spirit brings conviction. The Holy Spirit brings conviction. So this is verse, after Peter, he, 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 like, he gives this amazing message, right? Like he, he just, after he tells him about the prophet Joel, like he begins to just preach the life of Jesus. He, he talks about the, the, the birth, uh, the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus. That's all he preaches. And watch what happens. Verse 37, Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Peter preaches this sermon. He preaches about Jesus. That's all he preaches about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, he lived a sinless life. He died to take your place. The grave couldn't hold him down, so he was resurrected. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That's all he preached was Jesus. And what Luke writes down, notates, is that all Peter did was preach Jesus Jesus. Did something to that crowd that was teasing the, the the opposition, it did something to their hearts. It pierced their hearts, it pierced their hearts, and they said, What do we have to do? And he said, Let's read that. Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. All he did was preach the cross. Listen, for every believer, if you're here this morning, and you would identify as a Christian, as a Jesus follower, Jesus is now your standard of excellence. And so now our goal, my goal, your goal, if you're a believer here this morning, like our goal is to to, to begin to model the way that we think Mm -hmm. after Jesus. Jesus. The way that we talk after Jesus, the way that we treat people after Jesus. Like, Jesus is now our standard. But Here's the deal. In my approach of trying to make Jesus my standard, I find myself veering sometimes. Is that just me? Like, with Jesus as my standard, I find myself sometimes, like, doing good, doing good. Beep, 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 beep. Like, like, cha- like, my, like all of a sudden, I find myself veering from, like, from, from what Jesus, how Jesus would talk or how he would think or how he would treat people. And so in those moments when, when I begin to veer... I need someone to say, hey, get back on track. And that is the role of the Holy Spirit. I would say that it is almost impossible trying to live your faith life without the Holy Spirit convicting you. And so as I'm veering, I need the Holy Spirit to to begin to be like, Warning, 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 warning. (laughs) Warning, warning, she's bad for you. Warning, warning. (laughs) Warning, warning, he still lives at home. (laughs) And he's 55. (laughs) Warning, warning, warning. Too much to drink, too much to drink. It's only nine o'clock. What? <laughs> it's only nine o'clock. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, I wish we had another worship experience after this, because I would have taken that. <laughs> oh, man. Come on, but I need someone to to convict my heart to let me know, hey, I'm strained because I can't do it on my own. Maybe it's not so much that I can't as it is I don't want to. So the Holy Spirit brings conviction. Last one, number three, and then we can have keys come up. The Holy Spirit brings unity. The Holy Spirit brings unity. Watch this, Acts chapter 22, or excuse me, Acts chapter 2, verse 44. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy joy. And generosity. So Jesus, okay, here this is where we're at. Jesus, or excuse me, Peter, he, he begins to preach Jesus to the crowd. That's all he does. And that begins to pierce. Let me back up. They're in the room, they're waiting for the fulfillment of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit poof, comes, fills them up. And then the opposition happens. But because they encounter the Holy Spirit, Peter is now bold, and he goes to address them. And the way that he addresses them is he just begins to preach Jesus. And as he does that, it pierces their hearts. And because it pierced their heart, they said, what do I have to do? Peter said, hey, repent. They repented, and all of a sudden, ladies and gentlemen, the first church happens. And here they are they're together and what we just read in those verses the last verses that we just read what we see happening is is they, they there was a unification within the body of Christ there was unity in the church they, 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 there was like this this sense of like community within the church Luke writes that that they like whatever they had was everyone else's. Like there there was this this knit community that was taking place. What I really want us to see is that there, there, there was unity in the church. There was unity in the church. I'm gonna say it one more time. There was unity in the church and here's why that's so important. Because there's some of us here this morning, and when we think of church, we don't think of unity. We think of gossip, we think of offense, we think of hurt, we think of of failure. When that was never intended for the local church. That was never God's heart for the church. It was to be unified together. And here's where it gets hard because the church, I love this, the church is not this building. The church is me. The church is you. The church is you. Like we are the church. But here's where it gets tricky. Because now I am the church, I also bring all my baggage to the church. I bring my temperament to the church. I bring my impurities to the church. I bring my anger to the church. And so now all of a sudden, like we is the church, but we bring all kinds of stuff together. And that's when all of a sudden, it. The, the, um, the gossip happens. That's when all of a sudden hurts happen. That's all of a sudden when I become offended, is not because of, of what God intended the church to be, but because I'm bringing my own flesh inside the church. And here's where I'm trying to get at is, is when I am filled with the Spirit, the Apostle Paul writes, that my life will begin to produce fruits of the Spirit. And so you and I, we're either producing one of two things. We're either producing fruits of the Spirit or fruits of our flesh. And so we have to decide, what are we going to bring to this community? Because if I continue to bring fruits of the flesh, listen, I'm going to divide this. But if I am filled with the Spirit, and he brings love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Now when I'm coming to church, it's a little different because my life's producing something a little bit healthier, a little bit better. Listen, we need the Spirit of God in the church. I got one more verse, and then we're gonna close, and we're gonna we're gonna do this real cool application. Acts chapter two, verse forty-seven. This is the last verse of chapter two, and it says this. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship, those who are being saved. Now that word fellowship is the word in, in Greek, ecclesia, which is assembly of believers, the church. So each day, the Lord added to the church those who are being saved. Each day, the Lord was adding to the church those who were being saved. What we do here is not about us. It's about reaching those on the other side of the wall. It is God's heart for the local church to grow, not for notoriety's sake, It's never about that. It's not about being the biggest church, the best church. It's about creating a place where my friend who is broken can come to church, not feel judged, but feel loved. To not feel like like there's not a place for them here, but for them to come and say, man, there's something about this church There's something about the ecclesia. There's something here that I've never experienced before, that I've never experienced at the clubs, at the bar, at my hookups, at my... Like, there's something here that is different. And daily, the Lord added to the church those who were being saved friends what would that look like if we got to that place where we weren't just thinking about church but we were being the church so the holy spirit opposition came because the enemy would love for you to not tap into what the Holy Spirit has for you. He wants to give you boldness to move past your breakthrough, to get through your breakthroughs. He wants to give you conviction so that you can veer back on the right path And he wants to bring unity to the body of Christ through you, through you being filled with the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to Message Rewind. Come back every Monday night at 5 p.m. to hear the latest message from Discovery Church.